Alright, hey everybody, and welcome to ep- uh, another episode of Sight for Sore Dice. My name is Austin Roberts. And I'm Michael Hanson. And this is your D&D uh, Games Club podcast, and we're moving on to the part everyone likes, prestige classes. Yay! Yay, prestige! <laughs> Woo, yeah! <laughs> yeah, uh, prestige classes are a step up of any other class, basically you... You always build your character with a prestige class in mind, and once you fill out the requirements of getting that prestige class, and they all they completely vary per prestige class, the next level you stop being like a fighter or a rogue or or a wizard, and you become that next prestige class, and your old one is for in large part forgotten, but not com- I guess not completely because it just basically takes whatever you had before and builds on it in a more specified powerful way yeah no definitely there are a lot more specific just to give an example of what austin's talking about is like for example if we look at the druid who can uh either shapeshift or kind of be a nature caster um i don't remember the name of the prestige class particularly it's something like wild shaper or something like that um but they take the shape-shifting aspect of the druid, and that's all the prestige is. So you kind of miss out on being able to do your cool spells and stuff, but you just become the greatest druid shapeshifter of all time as soon as you take it. So it takes one part of your class that already exists and pushes it to ten. It's kind of what it does. And we're not going to cover probably every single prestige class in D&D because there are a lot of them that are weird and bad, like the blighter is the one that I can't see working in any D&D campaign ever as a player character, considering that the way you get your spells back, unlike a druid where they just have to meditate, you have to burn down an acre of forest every day. That's how you get your spells back (laughs) as that class. So they're not all good. Uh, as long as the are... campaign is only three days long, that can't be too bad. <laughs> can't be too... As long as you're always near a pile of trees exactly one acre wide so you can set it on fire. All right, but we're not talking about any of those classes. That's just a general thing of prestige. Moving on to one that neither me or Michael have ever played, the Arcane Archer. Yeah, so looking into... Prestige classes, uh, the most important thing, like Austin was talking about, is that every prestige class has a very unique requirement to get into it. I mean, some of them are pretty basic, like to turn into a black guard, I think is what it's called. All you have to do is be a level 10 paladin or something like that. Um, Like some of them are very specific, some of them are very weird. um, But what's important here is that the level that you become your prestige varies. You don't always become it at 11. You don't always become it at 6. It really kind of depends on where you're at. Um, And so what we're going to do for you guys uh, is we're going to read through the requirements and then just give a suggestion, I guess, on how we would get to that requirement. But it's important to remember, as long as you can reach the requirements, do it however the hell you want. Who cares? Yeah, and there are multiple ways to get to prestige classes. Like, one of my favorites, you can do it by either starting as a wizard or as a sorcerer, but it's a bad idea to begin as a sorcerer because it's one whole level later. And you actually lose out on level 9 wizard spells if you do it as a sorcerer at that one. But we'll get to that one eventually. So the requirements for the Arcane Archer is you must have a 
base attack bonus of plus six. That's high. That's like what? Level eight for even like, level a fighter? Level six if you're a fighter. A fighter it's, is equal to level. Okay, so you have to. So level six is a fighter. You must be a health, uh, an elf or a half elf. Weird. But okay. You must get point blank shot. The feats point blank shot, precise shot, weapon focus, and it must be either the longbow or the short bow. No idea why you would choose the short bow over the longbow. And you must have the ability to cast level one arcane spells. Yeah. So to build this class for me. Uh, if we're going to go off Michael's uh, information there, I would build a, I would build a half elf because I would build a half elf fighter just so I don't get the the con negatives here. Uh, bring him up to level six, and then I would take one level in sorcerer and not in wizard because level one sorcerers because the benefits you get from one level of sorcerer are astronomically better than you get from one level of wizard. No, I would agree. I would do it the same way. And what's cool about taking it as a fighter here is because three of the requirements being point blank shot, precise shot, and weapon focus, whatever, um, one of the bows, is that because you're a fighter, you're going to have a lot of feats anyway at this point. I mean, level six fighter, I think you'll have four or five feats depending on how you get there. Um, And so what's really cool about that is this whole arcane archer, I mean, just looking at the name, is obviously you're a ranged combatant who does some magic arrow stuff, which we'll get into, and will sound a lot cooler than just magic arrow stuff. Um, but um, you also have room, if you can squeeze one or two extra feats in there, that will help with you turning into an archer. And that's why it's kind of better to take it the fighter route than doing like the ranger, which seems more practical because you would get the bow bonuses. And I mean, being an archer sounds like a ranger. Um, but in the great words of uh, Austin Roberts, uh, rangers suck. They do suck. So don't play a ranger. Uh, another reason to be the <laughs> fighter over the ranger, uh, that D10 hit die, bro. Mm. Those those extra hit points are going to matter, especially since you have to take at least one level in Sorcerer, and you're going down to a D4 on that one. Mm. And you're going to cry when you roll a 1 on that D4. I also think, uh, if I remember correctly, and I may be wrong here, but a Ranger has like two less base attack bonus than a Fighter, or 1, which means if you go Ranger, you are also going to have to take this, not at level 8, like with the strategy we were talking about you'd have to take this actually around like level 10 which would put you off two levels which is a lot in a prestige class because prestige classes only are 10 levels long in almost every situation so so, you want to get to 10 as quick as possible in your prestige all right all right so they get a d a d hit die so they're actually decently tanky that's pretty good and they have four plus intelligence modifier uh hit point uh skill points so they are actually going to have better skill points than both of your starting ones, so you actually get more skill points moving moving into this. Would actually be uh, good. Uh, an arcane archer is proficient with all simple martial weapons, light armor, medium armor, and shields. Though you may already have that anyway from being a fighter. Yes. Still uh, cool. It doesn't specify tower shields. 
which is weird, but why would you need a tower shield when you got a bow anyways? <laughs> so, getting into the actual abilities, um, basically, of the Arcane Archer, we've got, at first level, Enhance Arrow. Lovely. Every non-magical arrow in Arcane Archer knocks and lets fly becomes magical, gaining a plus one enhancement bonus. Unlike magic weapons created by normal means, the archer need not spend experience points uh, to accomplish a task. However, an archer's magic arrow only functions for them. For every two levels, the character advances past the first into the prestige class. The magic arrows that they create gain a plus one potency. So, for example, at level one, all of your arrows, you get plus one to hit and plus one to damage. Uh, At level three in this class, you get plus two, five, plus three, so on and so forth. Up to level nine in the prestige, you get plus five. And what's really cool about this is, as it was saying, making enchantments in D&D, doing crafting in general in D&D is kind of a bitch. Um, especially with things like scrolls and enchantments and potions, um, because it's really hard. Sometimes you have to spend experience, which you never want to do because you want to level up as fast as possible. And is losing your level really worth three extra shots on the boss for two extra damage? No, probably not. Um so this is awesome, actually. Uh, it just basically gives you every basic bow you pick up becomes magical. Yeah, all right. So the other one, uh, you have imbue arrow. Imbue. At second arrow, the archer gains the ability to place an area spell on upon the arrow. When the arrow is fired, the spell's area is centered on where the arrow lands. Even if the spell could normally be centered only on the caster, this ability allows the archer to use the bow's range rather than the spell's range. It makes a standard action to cast a spell and fire an arrow. The arrow must be fired in the round the spell is cast or the spell is wasted that's not that cool because like fireball is like a hundred feet plus like 10 per level plus like 10 feet per level so you're going to be firing at almost 300 feet away most combat takes place in like a 75 roughly area but i guess out of combat you could like snipe like a fireball like 500 yards away with this arrow and just let it land and just blow up a big area and be like a sniping uh, spellcaster. I was say I don't know, I kind of feel like there's a lot of room for this to actually be kind of cool, because one thing that's important to remember here is from what it sounds like, you have to be able to cast a spell, so we're assuming you're only like a level 1 sorcerer or wizard. Um, at least that's what it looks like. Um, and so... Level 1, you get stuff like Burning Hands, Magic Missiles, are kind of those shenanigans-y. So, whereas I'm not positive if you would be able to, you know, do crazy fireballs, do all that stuff, which you could if you just waited to become the profession. Um, it might actually be fun to just try and be as shenanigans-y as possible with level 7 spells like Pure, or level 0 spells like Purify Water and see how far you can really take shenanigans with this. Oh, the shenanigans. <laughs> Uh, secret right. arrow at level at- four uh, an arcane archer can launch an arrow once per day at a target known to her within range and the arrow travels to the target even around corners <laughs> only an unavoidable obstacle or the limit of the arrow's range prevents the arrow's flight this ability negates cover and consumer modifiers but otherwise the attack is rolled normally using the ability is a standard action and shooting the arrow is part of that action so if there's some guy who's dicking with you and he's invisible and you just know of him, you just shoot the arrow 
And as long as he's within whatever a longbow's range is. Which is asinine and always too big for combat. Yeah, which is, like, <laughs> huge. I, I gotta look that up. But it's long. And that's actually not bad. I'd say this, even just looking at this Seeker Arrow, I, I almost want to play this profession. I've never played this prestige class. Uh, but... I could just think of the shenanigans you could do with arrows that automatically hit because it never at any point with this says that it can't be the arrow you imbue, which means you could put a spell on an arrow that turns corners and climbs walls. (laughs) And I feel like there's a lot of room here for fun. However, it require a lot of research, and I'm very unfamiliar with the wizard's spellbook. Remember, everybody, every arcane class and divine class is only as powerful as your DM will let you be. Yes, very important. All right, what's phase arrow, Michael? All right, so looking at level six, you get phase arrow. At level six, an arcane archer launches an arrow once per day at a target known to within range. Holy guacamole! And the arrow travels to the target in a straight pass path passing through any non-magical barriers or walls in its way. This ability negates cover concealment and even armor modifiers. <laughs> Holy crap. Otherwise, attack is rolled normally. So again, if you just... I, I'm going to change my requirement suggestion. My requirement suggestion has changed. Instead, what you want to do is you want to take six levels... Uh, actually, I wouldn't even. Take five levels of fighter, maybe even four... Get yourself up to four base attack. Get the feats you need. Take six levels of wizard. Get some good heavy spells. At level 11, take arcane archer. And then at level 12, you're imbuing, and this is the funnest profession. Oh my god, this sounds like a blast. Actually, I got a better idea. Because (laughs) of this spell, I just looked it up. So the rogue gets their base attack bonus to six at level eight. And you can take one level in... In uh, in wizard to get to level nine, so you still have all the ten levels you need to get this prestige class filled out, but you also get four sneak attack dice. Oh my god! And since four you're shooting, sneak attack dice through a building. <laughs> and, since, <laughs> and since you're and since they can't see you, that counts as concealment, I would imagine. Unless you have, like, the most dick of dick, dick of DMs. So you could just yeah. be, like, on another side of a building just sneak attacking a dude with arrows. Oh. So, like actually, hey, hey, look, we found, we found a way to make the range real cool. You just have to become an arcane archer to do it. Say, uh, I think this is one of those points. Again, <laughs> as Austin was saying, your DM is really what depends it. Also <laughs> why, when I, uh, way, way back when, in one of our first videos, I can't, why have we never played podcast, this class? <laughs> I can't even tell you when. This was back in uh, one of our earlier podcasts. But this is why, in my personal opinion, besides lore, because I love lore and I eat that shit up, theory crafting may be the funnest part of 3.5. It may be the funnest part of any D&D, of any D&D edition ever. Theory crafting is incredible. Oh. oh my god, the next time I play a campaign that starts at level 15, I am going to find my way to cheese this. I don't know how yet, but I am going to do the research. This is if, incredible. If if my if my care if my wizard dies in my campaign, I may have to build this because this right. is stupid. This is this is well, hilarious. It, let's see. Hail of arrows is the next one. In lieu of a regular attack, 
Once per day, an arcane archer of 8th level or higher can fire an arrow at each and every target within range. To a maximum of one target for every arcade level. Okay, so at least eight targets, and very rarely are you fighting more than eight at once. Each attack uses the archer's primary bonus, and each enemy may only be targeted by a single arrow. Through a wall with sneak attack. (laughs) I would like this to matter. Oh my god, you're right. But, remember this as well. Enhance arrow, we're level eight. You're also getting a plus four to hit and a plus four to damage to every single one of these as long as they're just normal arrows. And it's your primary attack bonus, so you're not and you're not getting any of the negatives. This is <laughs> this is better than being a ranger. This is literally everything. And it makes me wonder. Okay, so fire an arrow at each. So I don't know if you can phase shift or seeker shift with it, because those look like they're just one attack. Launch an arrow, and this says one arrow per target. However, this is just hilarious. They're so fun here. Well, um, why don't you read us the last one, just so we can fully wrap up this and talk about it. Because... Arrow of Death. Hey. <laughs> uh, at 10th level, an arcane archer can create an arrow of death that forces the target, if damaged by the arrow's attack, to make a DC 20. Wow. That's actually really brutal for anybody who's not a fighter or a barbarian. Uh, fortitude save or be slain <laughs> dead immediately. It's yeah. like Whale of the Banshee. Uh, it takes only it takes one day to make an arrow of death. Okay, so you do have to make these arrows of death. Okay, but the keep arrow, reading. Uh, the arrow only functions for the uh, arcane archer who created it. The arrow of death lasts no longer than one year. <laughs> <laughs> And the archer can only have one such arrow in existence at a time. Okay, so you have one arrow that instantly kills the boss at the end and of the And you can dungeon. shoot through walls and up around obstacles. <laughs> <laughs> so, I take back everything I ever will say about the assassin in the next podcast. This is what we call a pre-take back here. I'm going to retcon everything I say before I even say it. <laughs> This is the best assassin class. Why have this I, is goddamn hilarious. Why, why have I never played this? Yeah, me too. Like, I, I usually hate oh playing God. rogue characters because they're usually so boring and bland and I hate the <laughs> ranger. But I am I am actually tickled on the inside of my soul because of this thing. This is awesome. And we'd like to point out a lot of the cool <sighs> prestiges. My favorite prestiges are gross, like, cancer-spreading monsters because I'm a necromancer player. These are the ones that are directly from the player's handbook. So these even came as just the staples before they got crazy. Remember <laughs> that. But this is the baseline of what crazy is for prestige. Uh, all right. Oh, my God. All right. Okay. We have to move on. For the sake of time, we have to move on. All right. The Arcane Trickster. Uh, you can be any non... You have to be... The requirements for this class are any non-lawful. You have to have Decipher Script of seven ranks, Disable Device of seven ranks, Escape Artist of seven ranks, and Knowledge Arcana of four ranks. So, for the love of... And you must... Uh, ability to cast Mage Hand and at least one Arcane Spell of third level or higher, and Sneak Attack of 2d6. So, I would personally go about this, since you need Sneak Attack 2d6, obviously we're taking enough Rogue ranks um, until we have 2d6. And then to be able to cast Mage Hand and Arcane, I would just take all the way up the rest of my ranks that I have to take. Um, I don't know what level you get third level, but I would just go Wizard. Two. I would take uh, Wizard all the way up. That's two levels. 
Two levels, boom. Actually, you could take this at like level five or six again. So actually, sorry, my my my, my fault. It's five levels of wizard you have to take. Okay. Uh, and yeah, and the only reason that you would take wizard over sorcerer is the same reason I mentioned before, is when it have all these arcane le- spell level requirements, the wizard just gets them one level sooner. Yeah. Because he has less spells that he can cast per day. That's that's his benefit. Is he learns everything quicker. Uh, hit die D4. Ah, lovely. That's <laughs> depressing. Uh, <laughs> four plus intelligence modifier, so you're taking a hit from your rogue, but a buff from for, uh, from being a wizard. But since you already have to take wizard, you got that high intelligence modifier, which hopefully makes it ill even. Yeah. The only problem with this class that I can see right now, this is going to be one of those classes that is good once you've got it. But building up to this would yeah. suck. Like getting get if you did if you tried to do this from level one, you would get mad at one point. You I know would... a lot of these prestiges, in particular, uh, as Austin is saying, is it's almost more fun to play a prestige character, at least in my experience, when you're playing a campaign where you start as like level ten or you start as like level fifteen or something. Yeah. Because that makes it a lot easier. Otherwise, you do end up where you're like halfway through your build, and your build makes absolutely no sense because yeah. it will someday. Or like, <laughs> or like my favorite prestige class, the Mystic Third, at least as far as my arcane spellcasters, is there will come a point where you wind up as a character fighting level seven monsters, where you're four levels in wizard and two levels in cleric, and you're not going to have anything particularly useful. Because your cleric spells are too low level, and you've had to put points into wisdom to become a cleric, so your intelligence isn't that great. But if you start a mystic third to like level like thirteen or fourteen, they're just powerhouses that just rip apart everything. But man, that one to eight is <laughs> brutal. All right, so arcane trickster gains no proficiency with any weapons or armor. So whatever the rogue and the wizard gets, that's all you're getting, bro. You could do this as you, you actually could do this as a bard as well. You actually could go straight bard into this. Uh you don't get sneak attack from a bard. Oh. I thought you got a couple dice of sneak attack. That makes uh-huh. me sad. Alright. So uh spells per day, when an arcane trickster's level is gained, the character gains new spells per day, as if she had gained a level in the spellcasting class he belonged to before adding the prestige class. He does not, however, gain any other benefit a character of that class would have gained, except for an increased effective spell level of casting. If the character had more than one spell class before becoming an arcane trickster, he or she must decide which class he adds new level of purposes uh, of determining the spells per day. Which is good. <laughs> yeah, so that means you actually will, uh, unlike the arcane archer, you're actually going to be gaining new and awesome uh, wizard spells. Uh, sorry, arcane spells as you're going up this list. You're not kind of stuck with those crappy level 1 and 0 spells. Alright, so now we've got um, looking at it is the only ability, really, of the arcane trickster. Um, So, it's called ranged legger domain. Maybe. English. I have no idea how to say that. trickster can perform one of the following class skills at a range of 30 feet. Disable device, open lock, or slide a hand. 
Working at a distance increases the normal skill check by DC by 5. Arcane Trickster cannot take 10 on this check. An object manipulated must weigh 5 pounds or less. Um, an Arcane Trickster can use ranged once per day initially, twice per day at level 5, three times at 9. Uh, and he can only make one ranged skill check each day, and only if he has at least one rank in the skill being used. Um, adding that DC of 5... For disable lock, open uh, uh, disable device, open lock or sleight of hand is um, it doesn't sound like a lot, but that is so painful. <laughs> it's adding twenty five percent to the difficulty basically of your role. Um, I looking at this part of the class in particular, um, it does not bode well. This is terrible. Yeah. This is ranger level bad. We're gonna have the ranger as a benchmark. This is actually worse than anything I read in the Ranger. So this I would actually like to propose terrible. a rating system if you're interested. All right. Uh, our rating system, for everybody listening, if you've been following along, you'll get it. If you're not following along, we'll probably bring it up because it's two of our favorite things to talk about. We're going to make our system starting from Ranger being awful to Banshee's Whale good. Okay. This is now our range. From Ranger to Bounties, well, where would you put this? I don't know. I think I would put it at Magic Missile, where it's practical, but I would probably never use it. Um, I disagree. <laughs> I'd probably place Magic Missile because Magic Missile is amazing. Magic Missile is <laughs> literally one of the best level one spells because it only has one situation where it misses. All right. Either way, let's move on. Right. So now Sneak we attack. Get... You just... Uh... D- d- just like the rogue ability, the same name. Uh, it's the same thing, and it's second, fourth, sixth, eighth, and tenth. So you get an additional what is that? Five sneak attack dice, totaling seven. Uh, gets a sneak back bonus from another source. The damage stack. So yeah, they so yeah they can get up to a maximum. It looks like of seven uh, sneak attacks, which is this is a, okay. Now this is where things get weird because. You are using arcane spells and you're getting the good ones. When you're in, you're gonna have to be very. You're gonna get a lot of attacks of opportunity from coming in and out of combat, or you're going to be taking a lot of damage in combat from trying to cast spells during the time. Yeah. No. Then so moving into this, um, this is the final ability, which is the. Uh, it looks like it, the crown piece of our Arcane Trickster, uh, it's called Impromptu Sneak Attack. Uh, so beginning at third level, once per day, an Arcane Trickster can just declare a melee or ranged attack to be a sneak attack. Um, I would make the personal suggestion, since you're going to be doing a lot of spell casting, you probably want to be using a ranged weapon, so I would go with range. Um, the target can be no more than 30 feet in distance if the Impromptu is ranged. That's fine, not usually a problem. Um, the target of an impromptu sneak attack loses any dexterity bonus AC, but only against that attack. The power can be used against any target, but creatures that are not subject to critical hits take no extra damage. Um, at level 7, you can do it twice per day. Um, so why this is a good ability is because it's cool that you can just choose somebody and be like, mm, by the way, I'm hitting them right now, and you're going to hit them, and it's a sneak attack free. What's kind of trash about this ability is that you can do it once per day, until your seventh level, which is like level 13 or 14, and then you can only do it twice per day, and that's supposed to be the crown jewel of this class. Um, if I were doing this, I would much rather just be... <laughs> 
I would much rather just be an Arcanist uh, Archer, actually. I would but, rather be half of the prestige classes we're going to read. I would much rather just be <coughs> an Assassin if I really want to do it. Because with the Assassin, multiple times per day, you can just do, I think it's called Shadow Dance or Slip in the Shadows or something. Yeah, and just or kill Combat somebody. Cloak, and you, and you just, just become immediately better. And you just kill somebody. I mean, I would almost <coughs> rather ditch either the rogue half or the wizard half of this of my prestige class and just get more levels in that one like no definitely this is actually one where if you like pick whichever one you like better but a rogue of the equivalent level a straight rogue of the equivalent level or a straight wizard of the equivalent level is basically just as good as this guy and like what our problem might be is this so this is something that you'll see come up a lot when we go through prestige classes, and it'll come up almost every other prestige class. You handled it well, just as an example. Bionicin Trickster is a good example of a bad, uh, a good idea that didn't work out. And the way I say that is um, the best example I can think of uh, is actually the Druid from World of Warcraft. Um, from what I played, I haven't played a lot in a few years, so this is going to sound very outdated and very vanilla, but. If you were going to play a damaging spellcaster, you were better off just playing a wizard or a sorcerer or whatever they call it. And if you wanted to play a tank, you were better off just playing the fighter or warrior. And so this has two ideas that were placed together, and you're kind of only 50% of each idea. And you're in, and so you're oh. not great at everything, you're okay at two things. And that's a little weird because one of your favorite classes is the bard who is defined by that, but at least the bard gets those things in useful ways. Like the bard is made to fill a slot. All this, all this allows you to do is sneak attack a couple times a day, Yeah. which as long as you're not doing ranged uh, sneak attacks is not hard to do. And you won't be able to, and you can do your disable stuff uh, from a distance of 30 feet, which if you're taking rogue classes, you're pretty stealthy anyway, so it's not hard okay. to get that extra 30 feet usually. And it's tiny objects, five pounds. In D&D terms, five pounds, you couldn't even open up, like, a chest with this ability. Yeah. You couldn't, you couldn't, like, you would be pickpocketing very small amounts of coins, Disable devices, I guess you could pick a lock at a distance, but then you still gotta go through the door anyways? Yeah, it's it's just all very impractical. And like Austin was saying, um, just to carry on with the Bard example, actually, um, and I say this as a, a Bard fan, um, this is a prestige class. The Bard is a base class. It's okay that the Bard is kind of there, because like Austin was saying... It does kind of fill holes, is what the bar does. It's like a hole-filling semi-support. But it's all cohesive skills, and it all feels like it belongs together. And you are a role. You're an off-support. Where And then once you take prestiges as the bard, you, you take like extreme into what you're doing. Um, however, with this, it's a prestige class, so this is your end game you're looking at. And rather than be two cohesive things... They're two kind of weird things that just got put together and didn't really work. Yeah. It was like yeah. they just needed something to give. It's like somebody really liked <laughs> the bard idea but didn't understand the bard. Yeah. Well, that 
because of the way our notes are written, that will actually uh, end our thing for our uh, in the episode for the day. Unfortunately, I don't have any examples of anybody playing either of these classes ever. I now know why no one's ever played the Arcane Trickster before, but why no one has played the Arcane Archer, including myself, <laughs> I don't know. Like, why did I never look this class? I guess I just saw an elf with a bow on the cover. Oh, 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 here's a reason why. Here's here's actually, here's actually a probably a reason why, and a biggest problem with going back to the arcane archer because I don't want to talk about the trickster anymore because that's just garbage. Convincing yourself to take any levels of fighter when you have an elf base class. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably that's... difficult to do it like level like one or two like i would be the elf fighter and everyone in your group is gonna go really you're, you're gonna do what you're gonna you're gonna play a fighter in full plate where you have a race that gets a minus two to their constitution yeah not exactly a good selling point that's probably why no one's played it but it's good it's it's funny uh so yeah so, i was thinking then to um since these next few episodes in fact we're going to be doing quite a quite a few of these um and of course uh you know if you have anything you want us to do we can we'll gladly go over it you know please comment uh send us a message send us an email send us whatever um and we can go over it um but um i propose why don't we at the end we can do since we have a rating system now We'll give our official rating on the two professions. So, for example, you've already heard now um, that I believe I would at least uh, rate Arcane Trickster a ranger in <laughs> capabilities of bad. Um, and then I would put uh, – personally, I'd give the Arcane Archer – you know, I would give it a, a warrior – Actually, I would give it a warrior, where I wouldn't say it's too OP, I wouldn't say it's too great, but goddamn, would this thing be fun to play? Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to, uh, I'm gonna have to agree. All right, I'm gonna have to agree on the. I I love the utility, and I love. I mean, I play wizards, so utility is like my thing. <laughs> and yeah. Uh, yeah, I have now. Uh, at least explored something about D and D I didn't know existed, and now I know why. I have never explored it. So I've learned a lot about why I cert I do certain things and how I should even a person I mean when did when did three point five come out? Like in the early nineties when I was still learning to walk. Uh <laughs> you know, walking and pooping were difficult for me when this game originally came out. And I don't know why a game that's that that's that long. I never it, I never even read The Archer until today. Yeah. Like, until I was making these notes the other day, I'd never even read it. But for the sake of time, we do have to leave. Uh, thank you all so much for watching. Remember to like, comment, and subscribe. And we will see you all next time for more continuations on 3.5 D&D Prestige classes. Yeah, have a wonderful day.